This is Happened to Your Career, episode 86. You know, when someone would pop in my office and say, hey, can you do this at the last minute? Or can you help me, you know, solve this particularly complex issue? And I'd be completely fine and able to handle it. And I think I was still giving a good level of service, but... You know, outwardly, I would smile at the folks who popped into my office or called me on the phone. And then when they left, I would like be rolling my eyes going, are you serious? Like we just talked about this. Do you really need my help? And that's not the first thing that you want to think when your job is to, you know, guide people through through legal challenges. So. Hey, HTY Sears. If you've been struggling to figure out work that fits you, then join our eight-day free mini course. All you have to do is text HTYC to 38470. That's HTYC to 38470 or simply visit figureitout.co. That's figureitout.co. See you there. This has happened to your career. We help you stop doing work that doesn't fit you, figure out what does, and then make it happen. Whether you're looking to do your own thing or find your dream job, you've come to the right place. I'm Scott Barlow. If you've ever experienced burnout or ever just gotten tired of what it is that you're doing and then the stress that goes along with it, then this episode is for you. You're absolutely going to love it. Our guest, I've got to tell you a little bit about her. She's she's a self-described recovering lawyer. And I've met a lot of those. I've met a lot of recovering lawyers. But now she's taken it 10 or 11, 12 steps beyond that. She got completely burnt out. So she is now a burnout and resilience expert. She's also founder and CEO of the Davis Lack Stress and Resilience Institute, which helps professionals, possibly just like you, manage stress and prevent burnout. She's also an internationally published author. And she's even worked with soldiers of the U.S. Army and is part of the Army's comprehensive soldier and family fitness program. She's done a few different things, as it turns out. But really, the reason why I am interested in sharing this episode with you is so you can hear her story and her own personal experiences with burnout have well they've landed her in the hospital multiple times and because of this she's got uh, she's she's pretty passionate about this so she's dedicated to working with all kinds of other professionals to help them prevent exactly this, exactly the same thing that happened to her. Oh, and by the way, she's also a foodie. She's a total wine enthusiast and a huge Green Bay Packers fan. So I want you to listen to this episode. You're going to get a lot out of it. Listen to my conversation with Paula Davis-Lack. Hey, Paula. I am way excited to, to have you on here. We were talking a little bit before uh, before we actually pressed record and everything, and, and I was telling you this, but um, I mostly was excited because you've got a really interesting story and a really interesting career transition, but then also the things that we were talking about is you've got this high degree of expertise in... Uh, burnout and resilience and preventing that and recovery and everything that goes along with it. So I, I'm, I think this is going to be a fun conversation, but oh, you know, welcome, welcome to the show, by the way. Thank you so much. I'm so glad to be here. <laughs> Very cool. So I would love to start a little bit with your story because I'm so curious about this transition that you made because you were, you were a lawyer for a long time, right? Yeah. And I- 
Yeah. And you jokingly call yourself a recovering lawyer at this point, right? Yes. <laughs> so, so tell me how, how all this happened. How, first of all, how long were you, how did, how did you get into being, being a lawyer in the first place and what prompted that? And then, uh, then I want to go from there to, you know, how, how you made this change. So, okay. So this is, so this is interesting because I get asked this a lot. Um, and so how did I get started in terms of wanting to even go into the law? That's a great question. And I honestly don't have a phenomenal answer for you. What's the less um, phenomenal answer? <laughs> yeah, it's the less phenomenal answer of I finished my undergrad. My undergrad is in psychology. I did not feel like I wanted to go and get a PhD or an advanced degree on the mental illness side of traditional psychology. So I wanted to keep going with my education and thought, you know, what might be an interest? And I said, hey, I'll apply to law school. Um, and so that's really, I mean, really how it came about. I never had a, you know, a lifelong burning desire to be a lawyer, um, you know, and, but aspects of the law were very attractive for me. So I went through law school, ended up practicing commercial real estate law for seven years um, during the real estate boom, so between 2002 and 2009, so it was exceedingly busy. Um, everyone, because uh, I was on the commercial side, developers and retailers were just buying up property left and right, and we were doing deals constantly. Um, and then during the last year of my law practice, I burned out. And I didn't know what to call it at that point because my burnout um, really happened slowly over a period of time. And then got pretty bad in that last year. Um, and I just knew that um, I was disengaging from my work. I was disengaging from my family and my friends and my colleagues, which is very unusual for me. Um, I was a lot more cynical. I mean, even by lawyer standards, even I was by lawyer a lot standards. more cynical. Yes. <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> when other lawyers notice that you're being too cynical, that's an issue. That's what we call a sign. <laughs> that's a sign, right. Um, and, and, you know, like everything and everyone was just rubbing me the wrong way. And that's not a good way to be when, you know, your job is to handle people's issues and questions and problems and challenges. And I was noticing that the, you know, the level that I could be at, you know, prior to burning out, you know, when someone would pop in my office and say, hey, can you do this at the last minute? Or can you help me, you know, solve this particularly complex issue? And I'd be completely fine and able to handle it. And I think I was still giving a good level of service, but, you know, outwardly I would smile at the folks who popped into my office or called me on the phone. And then when they left, I would like be rolling my eyes going, are you serious? Like we just talked about this. Do you really need my help? And that's not the first thing that you want to think when your job is to, you know, guide people through, through legal challenges. So um, I started to explore maybe what another option might be for me. So my first thought actually was not to stop practicing law. It was, um, I was in-house at the time and I thought, gosh, could I just go to another area of the business? Could I maybe try dabbling or practicing in a different area of the law just to get a break from the constant, um, you know, real estate work that I was doing? And um, for whatever reason, you know, that just wasn't able to work. Um, and so then I felt really, really stuck because I wasn't quite sure then what to do. Um, and that was really a low point for me, feeling that, you know, gosh, I'm I'm trying to get myself out of this this hole or this chronic stress or whatever it is that you know I didn't know what to call, um, but I kept hitting different roadblocks. So it took a while for me to figure out, you know, what to do. So I want to ask you about a couple of those things. First mm -hmm. of all, jumping way back for just a second, yeah. I, I think I heard you say that 
when you originally went into law school, it was just sort of like, it, it wasn't, I, I want to be a lawyer for ever and ever and ever. And now I'm finally getting to go to law school. It wasn't that type of thing at all. Right. Right. Um, but when you actually got to law school, did you find that other people had similar experience to what you did? Or did you find it was more the, uh, mommy and daddy have been a lawyer and this has been the track I've been on forever, or this is the, I, it's been my childhood dream to, to be a lawyer or like, what were most of your peers? I think we were, for the most part, I think we were all in the same boat. I think this was a stepping stone in our education and we wanted an advanced degree. Um, a law degree is actually a great degree to have. I mean, it allows you to go in multiple different directions in your career. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's nice in terms of that level of flexibility. So I think that appeals to a lot of people. Um, I would have to say of all of the people, all of my my classmates, I would say maybe one or two had that, you know, it's, I've wanted to be a lawyer since third grade and everybody else was kind of like, yeah, this is, I think maybe another step in my education at some point. So, so that's interesting. I was, um, I've never, I've met a lot of recovering lawyers yes. and a lot of recovering lawyers, but I've never asked anybody that. So I, I was curious about that. But then the other, other thing that you were talking about here too, um, you started kind of, uh, and you, um, I'm guessing you talk about this a lot, you know, being your profession now, but you started kind of talking about these signs of burnout almost like you were describing what it was for yourself. So I'm, I'm kind of intrigued by that because I, right before our call, I was sort of thinking about it and realizing, well, I think I know what burnout is mm-hmm. through my own experiences, maybe, but really what is burnout? Like if we had to go back to a baseline and, and yeah. how would you, how would you kind of define burnout? Because everybody might be in a similar place to me where, you know, maybe they haven't spent a lot of time talking about it and maybe they've just experienced it or maybe haven't or wondering about it or whatever. Mm-hmm. It, that's such a great question uh, because I think, too, because there's a there's a stress component to it, and I'll give you a definition here in a minute, but because there's a stress yeah. component to it, I think a lot of people have this suck, up, suck it up and drive on mentality of, you know, gosh, we're all so busy. Everybody's dealing with stress. Who am I to actually you know, raise my hand and say that I'm having a problem with it. You know, that was, that was my perception too. And there's also a little bit of a stigma associated with it. Gosh, if I tell my boss that I'm having a hard time with stress, is he or she going to think that I'm slacking or not as serious about my work or not as into my work or not as passionate about my work? Um, so people oftentimes don't say anything and they just kind of put their head down and keep driving forward. And if you're really at the, especially at the beginning stages of burnout, if you do that and don't really call a timeout and get some help or figure out, get some tools or strategies, you know, you can really put yourself in a pretty serious spot, which is what happened to me. Um, so I actually define burnout as a work related process of chronic stress and disengagement. Hmm. Um, there's lots of different definitions and I feel like this one really hits hits really what it is on the mark. And so a couple of the words that are really important is chronic or chronic. So this isn't burnout is not you wake up and you have you feel really tired some days or you're you're just having a bad day here and there. Even you're having a bad week, you might have a ser- you know a, a big project that you're working on at work and so that's causing you to pull a couple of over, you know, all-nighters. That's not burnout. Um, it's over time. It's over a period of time where you're feeling just consistently um, exhausted, especially emotionally exhausted, cynical, and like you're you're trying and you're showing up and you're just not seeing the result from your effort um, for what you're putting in. And then the other piece is that there's a work-related component to it. 
So I think this is a very consistent theme in the research is that burnout is really something that either happens because of work or at work or there's some something about work that's attached to it. And I think that's one of the big differences between burnout and depression. So depression is a, a general illness that can spring up um, it, because of any domain in life or yeah. any situation. And burnout, really, there's something there's something attached to it that has a work related component to it. That's interesting. I didn't I didn't know the and you said there's a number of different definitions out there, but I've never really tried to define it before. So that is that is really interesting. As I think about. Um, so as you're talking about, you know, people being uncomfortable with, uh, telling their boss about it, is your boss going to think that you're disengaged or whatever? Um, when I told my boss, I got fired mm-hmm. <laughs> from my first uh, professional oh, job. I did. But here's the thing is I think about that and I listen to you talk about, you know, almost the process of burnout, you mm-hmm. know, the way you describe it. It sounds almost like a process for lack of a better word. Uh, I was disengaged for a long, long, long time. And my boss fired me not because I was burnt out. My boss fired me because I'd been burnt out for a year and I wasn't doing anything about yeah. it. Yeah. So just to distinguish so I don't scare the crap out of people. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. I, what I wish I would have done now as I'm talking to you, I wish I would have realized that and kind of gotten real honest with myself a year before that happened so I could actually do something about it and maybe go out on my own terms. But yeah, yeah. I, I did. So. Well, no, and I mean, that it's hard for people to do. And we all have, you know, we've got bills to pay and we've got families and we've got lives and we have circumstances. And so it's not necessarily like we can just walk in to, uh, you know, our, our boss's office and say, hey, here's what's going on. I mean, there's really some thought and some consideration that needs to yeah. to happen with that. So what, what if people are in that in that type of space then um, where, you know, they're going through kind of similar to what what you talked about for your own experience and and they're finding themselves as as they think about it like I'm way more cynical than I usually am <laughs> or you know I people are calling me out on this or people are starting to pay pay attention and you know all of, they're experiencing all these types of signs like what what do you what do you advise them to do what should they be doing from there yeah, so that's a really great question, and there's not an easy answer, and it's all individual, so it's going to vary person by person. So I think um, if people are starting to notice something is going on, because that eventually happened with me too, I think you probably have to realize that it's probably gotten to a certain point. I think we feel like we're kind of hiding some of our feelings and how we're feeling at work and what we're doing, um, but sometimes that's not the case. So I think um, if if your health is really being impacted, so mine was, I started to get panic attacks more frequently. I ended up in the hospital with a really serious um, stomach issue because of the stress. So, I mean, if you're at that point, I think you really need to take a step back for yourself and say, what do I need to do to get myself out of this situation? That still doesn't necessarily mean that you have to leave your job or change your job, but I think you really have to analyze what is causing all of this? Do you really hate what you're doing? And if so, how can you start to figure out and put the steps in place to identify what could be something that you love? What could be something that you would prefer to do? Is there something you can do on the side that will give you a little bit of boost of engagement, you know, maybe in the evenings or on the weekends that you can start to develop so that six months from now or a year from now or two years from now, you've built this other thing and you've got something that you can go to. So that's one general type of strategy. If you have a great relationship with your boss or your manager, I would recommend probably 
saying something. I, I did actually have a really great relationship with my boss when this was going on. He was really sympathetic and really, really helpful. It was just that some of the higher, higher ups were a little bit more inflexible in terms of helping me rearrange what I wanted to do. They were less sympathetic. Yes, they were less sympathetic. Um, one of the things that I hear a lot, though, is when people say, people will say, you know what, I did actually talk to my manager or my boss about this. And what I heard back was, oh, I'm stressed too. Just take a vacation or just take Friday off and you'll be fine. And I think that that is the boss or manager, again, underestimating and not realizing exactly what burnout is. Because there are um, several studies that show vacations do help. So you go on vacation and your burnout symptoms will get better by about the third day of your vacation. And then when you come back and you go back to work, they pop back up to their original levels, actually within probably about a day or two. So the advice of, "Ah, just take an extra day, you'll be fine, um, isn't all that helpful. And so I think it's also then educating not only managers, but educating employees as well to be able to to correctly identify, no, I think I'm burning out. I need some help here, a little bit more robust help and longer term. So how do you have that conversation then? Like what, I mean, I've, I've been in that type of conversation, so mm-hmm. it resonates with me and I've had it come out well for me, but I think that's a scary conversation for a lot of people. And it, I've, I've seen that happen again and again and again. So I've worked in HR for, you know, 10 plus years or whatever. So I've had managers approach me with those situations. Hey, you know, Tim's come to me and he said that he's, uh, you know, he just can't take it anymore or whatever. Right. Mm -hmm. And some of those managers are really unsympathetic and they're like, I don't know what his problem is. (laughs) I told him to take a vacation. (laughs) And then others are like, Hey, I just don't know what to do about it. I told them that, you know, go take a week off or whatever. And hopefully that helps. But I, I totally agree with you that there's this overall lacking of understanding. And even for myself, somebody who's been around it in a lot of different capacities, um, like the first question I asked you was, hey, uh, what is burnout? Right. Um, so, so how do you have that type of conversation with, uh, with your boss where you're educating slash trying to get what you need to, and you're working through all this stuff because you're, you know, you're probably emotional along with it at the same time? Yes. So this is not an off-the-cuff conversation. This is a conversation that is going to take a fair amount of planning on your part. Um, And I have a a worksheet and some tools to help people um, form and make some talking points around how do you have an assertive conversation with somebody, especially when you're talking about, um, you know, kind of a sticky topic or a sensitive topic. And it's all about how do you stay clear and confident and in control during the conversation. So there's a lot of homework that you have to do before you have the conversation. You have to identify um, what's going on and you have to talk about it factually, um, you know, anytime that you can say, gosh, you know, I'm, I feel really stressed. In fact, I've been to the doctor for, for issues related to stress three times in the last six months. Um, again, pulling on some facts for them so that they can really understand because people hear the word stress and they're, it's just such a general term and, and mm-hmm. people are like, yeah, I'm stressed too, you know, what, whatever, um, you know, and really helping to explain specifically what about stress is causing you concern. If you can have an idea, especially if you're lucky enough to work in maybe a larger company where there might be another 
division or team or area that you could go to, do your homework, you know, look and see, is there another area of the company or a different spot for you or a different team for you that might be a better fit, even if it's temporary, you know, and offer up those types of solutions and different strategies and come in with a proposal to say, here's, here's what I think I need. Um, you know, so if folks feel comfortable, you know, doing that on their own, that's fine. They can certainly contact me and I can walk them through the process. I have a worksheet that I'd be happy to, to give to folks. How, how can um, people get at that worksheet or, uh, can we make it available or what's the best way to do that? Sure. Um, let me take a look at it. Cause I'm not sure if the instructions are going to make sense if we just post it without a conversation. But um, if they do, we can either post it on, um, your channels or people can just reach out to me by email, um, Paula at pauladavislack.com. Um, and I'd be happy to, to, to walk them through that or give them a copy with, with a few instructions. Okay, cool. So, um, people know by now that, uh, you can find everything in the show notes. So Paula and I will work that out after, after the fact and figure out what the best way to get and get her, get you in touch with her or get you at that worksheet or whatever else. And then you can find all that in the show notes. Hey, if I could interrupt for just a second, I really want to share this story with you. So I want you to meet Suzanne. I'm Suzanne Waslu adams I live with my husband and our two dogs in Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada. Now, Suzanne's been working in the same job for quite a while now. For the last 10 years, I've worked as a color lab technician. Before she found us, though, in our eight-day course, she, well, here she is. I knew I needed a change. I had some ideas about what I wanted out of a career, but I felt unfocused and couldn't bring myself to finally making a decision. Does that sound familiar at all? Because I know I've been there. What amazed me the most about working through the course was the insight I gained about myself. Upon completing the exercises, I discovered that I needed to be producing detailed-oriented, creative work that reflected who I am. Now, I thought this was pretty cool when she dropped me an email about her decision and what the course did for her. The course helped me gain clarity, and I figured out that I want to be running a business that showcases my creative spirit. Since then, I've created an action plan with steps that lead to self-employment and work that I love. Now, Suzanne wants to take her artwork that she does, and it's pretty amazing, and turn that into a business. And that is awesome for her because that's what she figured out that she wants. Now, if you want to figure out what you want, here's all you have to do. You can go ahead and go to figureitout.co. That's figureitout.co. Or you can text HTYC to 38470. That's HTYC. Text it on over to 38470. And we'll get you enrolled in the course for free. Let me let me go down a slightly different road here because you know you had been to the hospital multiple times mm-hmm. and first of all what was what was that like cuz it sounds like it was very much a process very much a progression for uh for you but then um also like that that sounds scary <laughs> So take me to that time. I really want to hear about that. And, and, you know, not from uh, wanting you to recount all your pain necessarily, but I'm really, really interested because we might have people that are going through that. Yeah. And and it was really frustrating. And it's part of the reason why I'm um, really passionate about working with folks in healthcare around this topic, not only because so many people in healthcare are burning out themselves, but also on the educational level and the educational front, because 
Um, gosh, in, in all of those emergency room visits and then follow-up visits with specialists and all of that, not one doctor who I ever talked to asked me, how are you doing today? Are, are, you, are you doing okay today? How's your life going in general? How's work going for you? Just something simple like that I think probably would have caused the floodgates to open and I would have just been like, oh my God, it's so bad. And, you know, that would have helped me at least release some of the emotion that I was feeling. Um, but overall, I mean, the process was just massively frustrating because, you know, I kept going through all of these tests. They were always negative. And so then you start to think, well, I know I'm feeling something pretty bad and it doesn't seem like there's anything wrong with me. So what could this be? And that's another um, thing that I've noticed, too, with a lot of people is like when you keep going back and back and back for the same thing and the, the results keep coming back negative, it's not that you shouldn't continue to pursue those avenues. But I think at that point, you have to start to, to ask yourself and ask your doctors, is stress maybe somehow lurking you know, behind the scenes with all of this? And is that something that we could have a conversation about and going in that direction with, with doctors? But yeah, so overall, I mean, it was just, it was just really frustrating. And finally, you know, I, I, that's really what caused me to, to decide to make as big of a change as I made because I said to myself, you know, I'm really, I'm, I'm willing to devote a lot of time and effort to my career. It's important to me. Um, I've spent a lot of time shaping it, but I'm not willing to sacrifice my health for this career or for any career. So I have to redesign what I'm doing. That's, that's interesting. It, it kind of makes me think almost a lot when you talk about some of the medical piece and like doctor diagnosis and, you know, them coming back with, well, these tests look good and, and that sort of thing. It, it almost makes me really think about really what you're doing here is kind of solving the root cause or the underlying mm -hmm. cause. And there's yeah. so many, when you get to this type of point, it seems like there's so many symptoms upon symptoms stacked up on top of each other. That's really kind of hard to get down to the root cause. Cause you know, earlier you were talking about, well, you know, if the root cause is these different pieces of, of your job that really just don't line up with what you want, or if it's causing you such massive amounts of stress because, you know, you're going against the grain or whatever, whatever it happens to be until you take care of that, it seems like you're, you're still going to experience burnout, you know, yes. whether it be a one day vacation or, or whatever else. So it really, um, I'm I'm amazed a little bit about how much this lines up with uh, like what we do and what our our podcast is all about. I I knew it would, but mm -hmm. uh, even on different layers cuz really we spend a lot of time on this show focusing on how do we help people really diagnose and understand what it is that they want in their life and what it is that fits them. And it seems like this ties in so much to proactive prevention of burnout to some degree. Absolutely. And I mean, it really, at the end of the day, I had to diagnose myself. Yeah. I mean, and that's part of the reason why the process took as long as it did is because you know, it was uncovering all of those layers, you know, week by week, month by month, hospital visit by hospital visit. Um, you know, so if, if folks can start the process by going in and saying, Hey, you know what? I think I'm burned out. Um, where can we go from here? Or by calling me for some coaching and saying, hey, you know what? I think I'm burned out. Yeah. And we know from the research, there's a near perfect correlation. When people say, I feel really stressed out, they pretty much really are really stressed out. So people tend to, to be able to read that pretty well about themselves. Hmm. Interesting. Now, 
you before making the transition, I want to talk more about like this actual transition to what you do now, because I think that's kind of a really interesting part of your story um, and how you got it started and everything like that, too. But also you you kind of you've gone to a couple of different roles, a couple of different jobs um, over a, over a fairly short period of time, because I think your your husband had been in the same type of role for a long period of time. Right. But you'd bounced around a little bit. And so how, how do you see like the difference of, of staying in one job versus um, making those moves? How do you how does that line up with with some of this burnout or does it? Yeah. So, you know, and that's one of the things that I'm actually looking at. And when I interview people and I want to mention that, too, if people um, are are wanting to share their burnout story with me, either anonymously or letting me know, you know, hey, go ahead and and put my name in print. Um, I'm collecting stories because I think this is so important. um, And I'll be writing about in in a book that I'm that I'm working on um, incorporating people's stories so people can start to understand and see themes in their own story. Um, based on what they're hearing with other people. Um, but but one of the themes that I'm seeing, and to your question, um, one of the things that I think caused me to bounce around and why I think a lot of people these days tend to bounce around between jobs um, really goes back to sort of this meaning and purpose and inspiration part. And there was really nothing that was tying me to anything meaningful in the legal profession. I thought there was when I started. Um, But I think too, you know, it was funny when you were asking me, how did you decide to to be a lawyer? Um, Even back then, I, I did things very unintentionally. It was, oh, you know, yeah, I'm done with my four years of undergrad, so now I'm going to go on to grad school. Cool. You know, check the box. Um, And that's- Check. Check. And, you know, that added up over a period of time. And I went, where am I getting my meaning and purpose in my work? Am you know is that is that even possible for me individually to get in the legal profession? And I wasn't so sure that it was. And so at some point, I think you have to face where am I getting that source of meaning and purpose from? And I think a lot of people are missing that in their work. And I think that organizations think they might be doing a decent job at it, but I think it's the hardest part, especially when you get into larger companies, um, just one of the hardest things to actually convey and translate to people. But it's one of the biggest things that's going to keep you engaged and doing and loving what you're doing. And again, I had to find that on my own. So it's all this self-diagnosis stuff again. I had to I had to figure that out for myself because high achievers, what do you do? You put your head down from the time you're 10 and you know you go through all your advanced placement courses in high school and Um, you know, then you're off to college and then you're doing grad school and you're just doing all of these things and you're achieving and that's so wonderful, but we forget to stop and ask ourselves, what, what are we doing? What do you, what is, what is important to us? What is going to give us meaning and purpose and that zest and enthusiasm and that drive? Um, because you know, your career's tough and it's long and you're going to run into sticking points. And to the extent you can have that thing to say, oh, this is why I get up in the morning. This makes me so excited. Um, that really helps, you know, get over some of the hurdles. So then how did you make that transition for yourself? And where did, where did that actually start at? Cause you said, Hey, look, I've been doing a whole bunch of this stuff, not really all that intentionally. Mm-hmm. And you know, then, <laughs> then you ended up in the hospital and then there's all these other things, but where along the way did you start? Uh, I guess what happened to cause you to do it intentionally and, and when you did, 
what did you actually do for yourself? Yeah. So it's part of the reason why now I call my burnout a blessing because it was really the burnout, the act of burning out and that slow sort of period of, of stress and chronic stress and decline that made me for the first time go, what do you really want to do? What have you always really loved to do, but maybe you forgot about or set aside or didn't pay attention to or forgot about or lost, um, you know, over a period of time. So um, it was really, I mean, quite honestly, if I hadn't burned out, I probably would have just, you know, eventually gone either back to the law firm that I practiced at or maybe to a different firm, you know, and I think repeat the cycle. That would have been great for a few years, and then I would have started to feel that that kind of that same itch or problem or missing missing piece, and it it would have led me in a different direction. But yeah, I mean, it was really the burnout that forced me to come to terms with, you know, really who am I and what do I want to do? And one of the big strategies that I used was something that I call the list. And I poured myself a glass of red wine on a Sunday evening and I just set aside an hour or two and I just jotted down notes about what have I always loved to do. And I really, for the first time, just thought, thought about, you know, what's given me a lot of joy over the years. I mean, what, when I'm doing what activities am I feeling really excited and connected and um, and so I came up with this list. It was like four or five different things. And that's t- at the top of the list was writing. I had completely forgotten about writing. I mean, I wrote hundred page contracts all the time, but you know, I forgot about the writing, you know, that's more inspirational and, you know, informing and, and helping other people. And so I reconnected with that. I realized how much I love to research and, and just kind of noodle through and analyze, um, different things. I realized, you know, gosh, I really like to travel. How can I, I'm stuck in this office for 12 hours a day and I'm not getting out into the world and seeing what else is out there. I got to do something that's going to get me connected to other people and get me out in the world. Um, so then I, I made that list and just started to think, well, what were, what would be some careers that might fit this? So I talked to a journalist here in Milwaukee thinking that that might be a pathway and um, just started to explore different options until I discovered um, the positive psychology program at the University of Pennsylvania. Interesting. And how long has it been since you have really started this business then? So I um, graduated from the University of Pennsylvania in um, 2010 and then was really, really lucky and excited to be um, picked to be on the University of Pennsylvania's training team teaching resilience to soldiers in the U.S. Army. They had just started a program with the U.S. Army um, to help make the soldiers as mentally fit as they are physically fit. And so was really blessed to be able to do that work for almost four years. And then really for the last year and a half to two years have been, um, you know, taking those same skills, but applying them to high achieving professionals and to organizations to help people have sustainable success. That is very cool. That is <laughs> amazing. So what, so now that you're on your own, mm-hmm. what, what's really surprised you? Because we've got, we've got lots of folks that, uh, uh, that want to make that type of transition too. So I'm interested in just your experience, you know, over the last year and a half, whatever it's been, mm-hmm. what's, what's really surprised you that was unexpected about doing this, doing this on your own. Oh my gosh. That's or maybe what hasn't. <laughs> such a great question. Um, no two days are the same. 
even when I've got my, you know, my set calendar of things that are going on, it's amazing how um, just unexpected requests or unexpected challenges or hurdles will pop up. And quite honestly, that's been one of the benefits. I use my legal training a lot, actually. And that's one of the things that's really helped me navigate. Um, you know, if somebody calls and says, you know, hey, can we get 20 minutes of your time? I'm writing an article. I have a deadline of Friday. Today's Thursday. Can we talk, you know, tonight for, for 15 or 20 minutes? And I'll say, sure, because I'm used to that. I'm used to being pulled in multiple different directions at the last minute very frequently. Um, so that's probably, I mean, that's been one of the biggest things. And, you know, really it's um, just a consistent hustle. You got to get yourself out there. You've got to, um, you know, the consistency about, you know, just writing my articles and speaking and really putting myself out in front of the right people um, has been fun, but definitely a challenge. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I feel like, uh, you know, I've very much been in the same type of space as far as what it's, it's the way that it sounds like you market your organization and how you, you know, how you find customers and that, that whole type of process, it sounds like a similar, similar business model to what we do to some degree, but that's, that's very, very cool. So geez, there are probably like, before we run out of time here, how, how can people find you? Um, I know you mentioned your email earlier, but what's the best way to, what's the best way to get in contact with you if they're in that space where they, they feel like they want some more help and, um, and really want to reach out to you? Sure. So the email is going to be the best way. So that Paula at pauladavislack.com. Um, just going to my website, which is pauladavislack.com, you'll see a lot of um, free tips and tools <laughs> and strategies. Um, so I have a free ebook, um, Addicted to Busy, Your Blueprint for Burnout Prevention. So it'll give you lots of um, tools and different strategies um, to help if you feel like you might be going in that direction. I've got really nice, really, uh, really great uh, downloadable pictures uh, in one section of my website, too, that'll give you just a different kind of a graphic visual format for different um, tips and strategies. And you can read more about my coaching programs and my training programs. And um, I'm in the process right now of putting together a 21-day stress resilience challenge. So have people just stay tuned and look for that. So that will be, um, that will be coming soon. Very cool. Well, hey, I, I so much appreciate you taking the time, especially since you know the way we met each other was random on Twitter <laughs> to some degree. <laughs> some random guy with a show about careers contacted me, and then you got to make the time to be able to do that. No, this has been awesome. Um, I very much appreciate it. Excellent. Thank you so much, Scott. This has been wonderful. Thank you so much. Hey, I really hope that you loved that episode and that conversation as much as I did. It was a fun one. It's also really interesting and eye-opening for me because even though I've seen burnout a lot and seen the situations that come from that and even experienced it uh, to some degree, it's been a, been a long time since uh, since that has happened to me. But you know, that is... It was pretty eye-opening. It was pretty eye-opening to to learn about it in that way. So I wanted to have her on, and I you know I mentioned this during the episode, but I wanted to have her on because a lot of folks that are that are in your shoes are either close to this or on a track to to land with the burnout, or you know it's a or their job 
your job is potentially affecting your health. I've gotten lots and lots and lots of emails for people that are in that exact situation. So I really hope that this was helpful to you. And she gave some really concrete things that you can do if you're finding yourself heading down this track. But hey, uh, you know, we're, we're trying to get on lots of different resources, lots of different guests. I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to hear from you and just drop me an email at Scott at happened to your career. If there's anybody that you'd like to see on the show, or if there's anything that you'd like to, uh, to know about when I, when I get continuous requests, then we try and find guests that really line up with what it is that you want, that you're looking for, because guess what? You're what makes this show the, you know, the great show that it is. So very, very cool. Now, uh, I, I just, for that and more, I just want to say thank you. And also thanks to all of those people that have been leaving us reviews, uh, on iTunes and Stitcher. We really very much appreciate it. I'll continue to say thank you because that, that's one of the big things that allows our show to grow and us to even reach more people. So very much appreciate it. Thank you so much for spending your time with us wherever you're at, you know, the gym, the car, the wherever it happens to be, wherever you're listening to this from, I don't know, underwater, I I have no idea. But either way, thank you. We appreciate it. And I hope that this helps you, adds value to you. We will talk to you later. I am out. Here's a sneak peek into next episode of the Happen to Your Career podcast. So that was my that was my uh, safety net. That was my parachute, so to speak. But I had also intended to take a year off to go travel. And at that time, I had no real business set up. Uh, I had been playing around online, and I had started to take myself seriously a little bit as a writer and blogging at TomWorkis.com. And I experimented with some small books. I had wrote The Art of Instigating, which was kind of my was something I did more personally than anything else. It was for me. And, and I'm still very, very proud of it. And, and anytime somebody reads it, they usually have really good things to say about it, which makes me happy, of course. But it was really just a manifesto for myself uh, to explain or express a lot of my feelings just on life and, and creativity and art and, and business. Oh no, it's uh, it must be the connection. It sounds almost like a robot thing here. Oh weird cuz I can't hear anything on my end. Maybe it's me. <laughs> <laughs>